Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now. That means you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS also gives you plenty of options in addition to the NFL. You can bet on UFC matches, the NBA, and much more. So follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. We're already in week 17. It's crazy how fast this 2021 NFL season has gone by. I'm your host for tonight's show, Nicholas Moriano, and I'm joined by Mason West. Mason, man, how have you been? Been sick, Nick. Uh, I told you this before, and I got COVID, (laughs) so that was super fun. tested positive on I think that was one no yeah Sunday morning so right after the holiday uh wasn't feeling great the day before and then I've been quarantined for ever since then I am literally been in my workout room on an inflatable mattress uh binge watching various Netflix and Disney plus shows uh watched the Bulls twice so that was cool okay nice I mean you gotta you gotta find you know things to do to fill up the downtime like my girlfriend also, she tested positive for COVID. So she's been doing, being quarantined in her room and you know, just trying to find things to do. Um, but I, you told me before we went live that you you think you're getting getting over um, all the symptoms right now or? Yeah. So, I mean, it was like a just a really bad cold flu. Um, started off with a scratched throat, uh, into congestion. And then I think, yeah, that was Saturday night. It hit me real hard, right? A two degree fever. And that way I was like, well, I definitely need to uh, <laughs> take a test here. And then uh, ever since then, it's been really congested, headaches, body aches, uh, never lost taste, uh, a sense of taste or smell. So that was cool. So got to, you know, eat all the food I wanted to in terms of that. But uh, 
yeah, I think yesterday night was really the first time I felt normal. I got a little bit of a bike ride in today on my Peloton in the workout room. So that was good. Made about 15 minutes before I started coughing up along. And uh, now we're here. Nice. And there you go. So uh, I'm glad you're feeling better, Mason. And, you know, for, for everyone who, you know, is getting COVID, like it's it's everywhere at this point. So uh, hopefully um, whoever listens who's gotten it is also getting over the hump of, you know, something that's been all too common, uh, as we all know. Uh, and obviously, like Mason, we're, we're definitely going to talk about this um, this Bears and Giants preview show. And, you know, and we'll definitely have time to do that. But before we kind of go into that, I want to first talk about uh, Jeff Dickerson, Bears reporter for ESPN. As, as many of you know, he passed away earlier this week, 44 years old from, from colon cancer. His wife, Caitlin, also died two years ago as well from cancer. And they, and they leave behind their 11-year-old son, Parker. So. I remember like I was actually right here at my my desk, Mason, and uh, I heard the news and I, I just started like breaking down crying. And I didn't know I didn't know Jeff as well as some of the other Bears beat reporters. But whenever we did talk and I got to know him a lot more this year, um, he was always just so kind. Um, I remember 2017, my last year at Iowa, I got him to go come on what was known at the time as the Bears Brothers podcast. Got to do a one-on-one interview with him, ESPN, you know, Jeff Dickerson. And I went to class that day and maybe 20 or 30 minutes later, I knew the interview was set. I knew I had class, just walked out because I knew I was going to go do an interview and I was so nervous. But within like the first five minutes of that, that, you know, one-on-one talk about the off season, the bears off season, he just made you feel like you were his friend. So it was really cool to get to know him this year. I got to also, connect with him at the NFL scouting combine. One of the years I was uh, Adam Johns kind of invited me over to just sit with the bears beat reporters. And then Jeff, like he has like a way of just telling stories. And he was talking about, was it McMichael or something like a crazy story going on with him? And he just looks you in the eye and he, when he's, you know, articulating this story and he just, again, makes you feel involved and, you know, just kind of one last anecdote here. Like first day, of me being credentialed to cover bears training camp, hot day, you know, first ever, you know, first bears training camp uh, practice. And I go there uh, into the bleachers that they had sitting near Adam Johns, Kevin Fishbane, Jeff Dickerson. And Jeff like turns to me, he's like, Hey Nick, you finally made it. And I'm like, yeah, I finally got here. Finally got to uh, cover the team. And then he, you know, just kind of turns around later in the practice and kind of tells me a little bit of some tips of how to cover practice. He's like, Nick, this is the first one. Don't, don't worry too much about what happens. And in that practice, like Justin Fields threw three interceptions and we couldn't report on that. And now it's coming out what the end of the season now, but you know, it, it, he just told me like he'd been doing it for so long and that it's not something to be too concerned about, but even him just doing that, he didn't have to kind of just shows the person that he was and how he kind of presented himself every single day. But it's just a tough loss for not not just like the Chicago Bears beat reporter community, but the entire community. Everyone that listened to him, everyone that you know read his work, listened to him on the radio. It's it's a tough loss. Um, Mason, for for you, um, with when you heard about it, like just what was your initial reaction? Uh, definitely initially shock. It was one of those things you knew there was stuff going on, but at the same time. 
you know, Jeff didn't show it when he went on and we he did the spots on the radio or even when you got to interact with him, you know, at training camp or in the, in the media room, he just was such a positive, happy, go lucky person. You know, it's funny you mentioned training camp because that's really the first time I ever interacted with him or really any uh, bears beat writer. I remember um, we were at the point where we were walking, I got walked over by one of the uh, bears PR, like past the ADA area. And there's this rope there and she's like, okay, you can cross this rope. And that's where the media is supposed to stand. And there's already a bunch of beat writers there watching uh, the bears warm up. And I'm a super awkward person. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm awful at interacting with people. I don't, you may not get that when I do this, but uh, I'm very closed off. And so I had this hard time, like crossing this rope. Literally. I'm like, Oh my God, I, this is awful. I can't cross <laughs> this rope. And, and JD just looks over. He's like, you know, we're not going to bite you. Like you can come over and stand by us. And so like he pulled me in and welcomed me in um, and, and really helped me feel welcomed there in an area that I just felt very out of sorts in. And that's just, who he was and you just hear all this outpouring of stories constantly about the positive person he is and as everyone may or may not know right parker's fund is going on right now uh it's up to nine hundred thousand four hundred and seventy four dollars currently um no reason to to stop there let you know i've thrown a couple a couple bucks in there and hopefully if you have an opportunity to if you could do so as well there's some great great contributions being made uh the bears and packers have both put up $25,000 i really thought that the packers were going to do you know 25,001 just to throw a little extra in there <laughs> but they didn't end up doing it uh, you know Andy Dalton threw in threw in a bit too uh just and so that's amazing to see uh so if you could continue to help out uh this kid who's going through the worst of it losing two parents um it's it's something that's unbelievably difficult and i can't even imagine having to do something like that um yes it's at a lot right now but we can we can make it more absolutely yeah so if you want you can definitely just go to google type in parker gofundme and it'll be the first link that pops up there and yeah it's been really awesome to see the the out you know just outpouring support from everywhere not just the nfl community but the blackhawks have also sent in donations obvious shirts had a big donation with the shirts that they had for jeff dickerson so it's been really cool and like i said i didn't know him as as well as a lot of the other bears beat reporters but the hogan johns podcast just released a two hour long episode and it has a lot of the bears beat reporters on there and they give some some really good anecdotes about jeff dickerson so definitely go check that out if you have the time and you'll you'll just learn a little bit more about jeff who was just a you know great individual great father a great reporter and he'll be dearly missed but definitely you know if you can go support um the gofundme for parker and just keep, keep that um the dickerson family in your thoughts um so mason we do have a football game to 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 preview here um but before we do uh, i just want to tell you about real quickly the knuckleheads podcast it's hosted by former nba players quinn richardson darius miles the guys bring on some of the best NBA players past and present to have a completely unguarded conversation about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. The guests for the season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and I know the episode with uh, Chicago Bulls star guard DeMar DeRozan is coming out pretty soon, so definitely check that out. But listening to Richardson and Miles do their thing is like playing 2K with no fouls, so make sure to check out the Knuckleheads podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Chicago Audible podcast, and we're here to preview Week 17, Bears, Giants, 
The Giants are at four and eleven. The Bears are at five and ten. What a matchup, Mason, to be previewing for the final home game at Soldier Field. Mason, we could take this a bunch of different ways. We can, we can, you know, really get in deep about this matchup, but I don't know if that's quite the what people want at this point. But you know, the Giants, Mason, at four and eleven, they had a ugly ugly loss to the Eagles just last week 34 to 10 I was watching the game earlier today and it really reminded me of like some of those Bears offensive performances where you just want to turn off the TV get your time back that you invested in watching the game and just forget about it because that's what it looked like watching Mike Glennon Jake from who you know Mason before we went live we both said hey we were we were from guys and after watching that game um yeah it it's probably best the Bears did what they did, not and who knows? We'll we'll never know. But um, yeah, Mason, where do you kind of want to start with this? With this New York Giants team, this Bears offense. This is kind of where we're going to start this discussion. But I'll just kind of open the floor up and you know kind of send it to you. Yeah, because the nuts and bolts of this don't particularly matter. Uh, the outcome of this game, really, the only people that care about it. I would argue are going to be Giants fans because of what's going to happen with Chicago's first round pick that the Giants own. You know, it's like they're there to be torn. Do we end up beating the? They, they, in theory, they want to really beat the Bears, so the it gets worse. Um, as a someone watching the Bears game specifically on the offense for sure, it's like what we've been saying the last couple of weeks where we're looking at specific players because in our reality, Matt Nagy's not going to be here next year, so the scheming of it all. That doesn't really matter. Um, what does matter is just how each individual player plays in the context of what they can do, right? So, you know, you're looking at the Darnell Moonies. You're looking at Tevin Jenkins. You're looking at Larry Borum. Potentially Justin Fields if he is playing. And I know, Nick, you can uh, dive into that a little bit more since you were actually at practice today. Um you're looking at the guys that are on the fence that, you know, you could have a Cody white hair that gets cut for money. If he doesn't continue to perform, you could looking at a James Daniels, who's going to be looking to for a potential payday of some kind. Um, your running backs are more or less set. I mean, Montgomery has been a Montgomery. And again, because of how they tend to not use Herbert, I think you just kind of ignore <laughs> it. It is what I think the next regime hopefully would use him a little more efficiently. Um, but yeah, you got to pick and choose who you're looking at when you're looking at them and just seeing, are you, are you seeing them play well with what they have in front of them? No. Yeah, I completely agree there. Mason, that should be the focal point of, you know, what this, these last two games are about. And it makes it a little difficult when we don't know if Justin Fields is going to play this game. I was at, at practice today. It was just me and Jason leisure from sometimes just two, two of us there. And, you know, Justin Fields was out practicing and like the report said he was limited and Andy Dalton was a full participant, but Bill Lazor didn't give us any clarification today as to who will be playing. And with the new league rule where uh, the head coach doesn't have, he meets uh, one less time than usual. We didn't get that information of what, which way they're kind of leaning towards in terms of who will play this game. And quite honestly, I have no idea. Um, you know, the Bears have been pretty adamant about not wanting to put Justin Fields in a position to play if he's still hurt. And if that seems to be the case this week, then we may see we may see Andy Andy Dalton. Like Nick Foles just had, you know, a game winning drive. Like, I don't know. Like there 
I don't know who's going to be under center come Sunday. Tomorrow will be a better indication when we do get to talk to Matt Nagy. And we'll have to go from there. But there's the question mark. Is it going to be Jermaine Effetti at right tackle again over a Larry Borum? And Tevin Jenkins was a full participant today. But, like, how does that get mixed into what the Bears want to do? So there are some question marks. And we don't have, at this moment, Thursday night recording the podcast, any answers as to what those those questions are going to be and how they're going to be answered. So it is interesting. So let's say Justin can't go for the sake of argument. You're, you are now head coach, Nicholas Moriano, the Chicago Bears. None of the games really matter for you. And you, you have George McCassie come to you and just say, Nick, I just want you to win this game. That, that's all I want you to do. Who do you trust to win you the game against the Giants more, Nick Foles or Andy Dalton? Oh, Mason, that's a really good question. And people in the chat definitely chime in here. Who do you trust more? I wonder if it's, you know, is it does it come down to recency bias where you just saw what Nick Foles did in Seattle on the road and he's healthy. Like there's no he he was never on the injury report. Nothing ever uh, came up. And I see Tristan over here. Foles, you know, we're going to put that show that up here. Foles is more clutch. Man, I think I'm leaning a little bit more towards Nick Foles. And, you know, the Bears, look, the Bears, they put up 25 points in that game against the Seattle Seahawks. But there's a lot of times where Nick Foles made some pretty good plays in terms of diagnosing where the blitzes were coming, giving Darnell Mooney an opportunity to make a catch, draws a pass interference call. I think it's really close. But if I'm the head coach and I'm saying who I want as, as my starter for this last home game, I think I'd go with Nick Foles in this one. What about you? So I would go with if, if the only goal is to win the game. Actually, there's two levels to this. But if the goal is to win the game, I think I'm going to lean towards Foles. Not because I – because let's be real. Let's not get it twisted. That Seahawks game was gross. Like, that game was boring. It wasn't good. Like, there's one play specifically in my mind that pops up. He was scrambling to the left, and he could have – scrambled for four yards to get the first down, but because he's, you know, cinder block footed Nick Foles, he ended up having to flip the question um, over to the, I think who was, I can't remember who the receiver was. And it was an incomplete pass. And basically it was like, if he was Andy Dalton, he would have gotten that first down, let alone if he was Justin Fields. Um, there were a lot of balls or in some funkily tight windows. There were a lot of inaccurate passes from Foles. There, there's plenty of negative there. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, Oh my gosh, he's, a starter in this league. But then there's another part of me that maybe if I was George, uh, I might be like, Hey, why don't you have Foles out there? Because in theory, if we can get him to look a little better, maybe we have some trade bait conversation. Who knows? You know, like at the end of the day, you could maybe flip him to a team and get a decent compensation for him. Uh, there's this whole debate. And I think this is a really good one that you can have at a later date. You know, do you want your backup to match skill sets with your starter? Justin Fields and Nick Foles couldn't be more different in terms of quarterback. So if you wanted to go that route, moving on from Nick Foles and getting him off your books would be more beneficial. If you just wanted someone who you knew was going to operate an offense relatively solidly, Nick Foles, your guy that you would want. He's a really good, he's probably the best backup in the league. You could say, I got to be completely frank. Um, he's definitely the best third stringer in the league, um, potentially the best uh, number two. Uh, so long story short, I'm going to, I probably still go with Foles. I mean, he also, you know, he went through last week as through the starter reps. He 
Andy Dalton, I don't know what's really going on with him in terms of he had a, multiple layers of injury going on there. Like he had the wrist and then all of a sudden he had another injury that kept him out last week. And so there's a lot of, there's some funkiness going on there. He's done after this year. He's going to another team. I, I don't, you don't get a benefit from starting him selfishly as the Bears. So you might as well start the person that might give you a little something if he plays well. Like you could actually benefit benefit from him playing well. Yeah, and you know, the last time we saw Andy Dalton, it was against the Cardinals, threw four interceptions. It didn't end very well for Andy Dalton there. So it is an interesting question, and that's one I think the Bears are realistically going to have to think about uh, come Friday if Justin Fields is not able to go. And, and like, I, I, you know, selfishly, I just wanted to see Justin Fields finish out this season. And, of course, injuries always have to get in the way of things. But we'll see what ends up happening there. Some other things just to, I guess, keep note of, like you mentioned Darnell Mooney. Uh, Mason, I asked him yesterday in in the press conference if he thinks about that 1,000-yard season. He's only, what, I think 140 yards away, if I'm not mistaken. He's got, let's see, and I had the stats here. Yeah, 140 yards away. He's got 860. Does he think about it? He's like, no, man, I just, you know, going out there and doing, you know, playing his game. I'm like, come on. I, you know, I feel like those guys, they do know where they need to get, but obviously you're going to do what's best for the team, but hopefully the team does what's best for him too and gets him that thousand yards. Cause I know he was asked about that early on in training camp. I'm pretty sure something about being a thousand yard receiver and wanting to get to that milestone. Got two games to uh, uh, potentially get there. So I think he's definitely capable of it and seeing how this giants defense, um, struggles against some speedster type guys uh there may be some opportunities for uh, a darnell mooney but like you i man i really want to get an opportunity to uh ask bill laser about khalil herbert and whether or not like every time i feel like he touches the ball like good things usually happen he just gets so few up and there there's a sure for everyone who's watching you know you know how mason feels about khalil herbert give the man the rock and let him see what he can do especially in these you know final games here it's not going to hurt you if anything, you know, like I said, he, he does pretty, what the 20 yard touchdown run against Seattle just knew exactly where to read his blocks, takes it up the left side and ends up in the end zone. It's just kind of what Khalil Herbert has done with the opportunities he's been given. So definitely keying in on those guys, Tevin Jenkins, like you mentioned, Mason, but we'll see, we'll see how the bears kind of um, orchestrate all these question marks. Like I was talking about earlier. Mason's practice, did you see Allen Robinson? He was there. He was there. Um, and it was funny. I was talking to one of the Bears PR people, and um, we were just talking. He's like, he lost 10 pounds. And yeah. you kind of see it in in his face a little because the Bears wide receivers are playing or were just running their, their drills like pretty close to us. And I'm just looking at 12, like, yeah, you can see he, he lost 10 pounds, which is nuts. You know, COVID is it affects you in a lot of different ways, but seeing like a guy like that and you noticeably skinnier. So, and he's also, he talked about like, you know, just wanting to be in game shape. So we'll, we'll see where he's at come Sunday. Well, it's, it's just because for one athletes are a whole different breed of person because they, the, they are so fine tuned in terms of their bodies. Like the, the littlest change uh, is pretty substantial. Like one of the ones that for me stands out a lot was Joe Thomas. Like when you saw what he looked like when he played the left tackle for the Browns, and then what he looks like now, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's a you know, brother. <laughs> it's entirely yeah. different. Um, and that's because they just have to do so much to stay in that exact body configuration for their role. And 
then when you take just general human physiology into it, if you are on bed rest for anywhere between three to five weeks, you can lose like 12% of your, or sorry, up to 50% of your muscular output. And that's if you're, you know, on bed rest and mobilized. Now you may, he may not be up to 50%, but when you take into account a, that he's that athlete that needs to be in this very specific condition and B that he probably just wasn't able to do almost anything that he would normally do, uh, maybe even near bed rest with how he may have felt with those COVID symptoms. Yeah. That's like a lot of muscular output endurance that he lost over those two weeks that he wasn't able to do anything. So man, it's going to be interesting to see if he makes a go of it this weekend. I mean, if he did, he would, his performance definitely would be reduced. Um, knowing Alan Robinson and obviously knowing the year he's got coming up ahead of him, you know, in terms of wanting, having to looking for a new contract, I would imagine he wants to go out with a bang because one touchdown on the year is not exactly a ringing endorsement for a team trying to sign him right now or that wants to sign him right now. So uh, the next couple of weeks for him are going to be interesting. They definitely are. And I looked up the Giants and the Bears are tied with 14 receiving touchdowns. So I think that just kind of shows you the realm of um, offensive ineptitude where these two teams have been at for, you know, a majority of this 2021 season. But yeah, it's maybe even for Bears fans that will be in attendance for this game. uh, I don't know if we're going to see Allen Robinson. Who knows, right? This could That could very realistically be his last game as a Chicago Bear at Soldier Field. So maybe soaking in a little bit, whether – if he does end up playing and whatever he ends up doing, I think outside of the season, you know, there's been a great appreciation for how he's played and how he's always presented himself on and off the field. Um, all right, Mason, I think, I mean, offensively, there's, there's not a lot. There's a lot of question marks here. So we'll kind of go to the second portion of our show where we talk about this bears defense. But before we do, I have to tell you about Owen uh, which stands for only what you need. As you guys know, Owen and the Chicago Audible have partnered up, and you get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code TCA20. Have a bunch of great protein shakes. Are, I mean, in terms of protein, taste, and ingredients that they use, top-of-the-line stuff. So definitely go check that out and use the code TCA20 to get 20% off your first purchase. But now I have to tell you, about this awesome contest. Owen, right now, is giving you the opportunity to win an autographed Justin Fields jersey and cleats. It's And one grand prize winner will get that. But there are two second prize winners will get a signed official football. And there are four third prize winners that will get an autographed jersey. And, I mean, these are amazing prizes. And you're probably wondering... How can I get in on this? It's super simple. Super simple, you guys. All you have to do, for people that are watching, I'll put it up here in the chat, but all you have to do is go to liveowyn.com forward slash Justin Fields forward slash. And make I'll definitely put that in here right now. So that's for the people who are watching. Go to liveowyn.com forward slash Justin Fields forward slash. Just type in your first name and an email that works, and you're entered in. That's all you got to do. Tell, Go tell your family, your friends, and as you're to go enter in to win these great prizes. And also, while you're on the Owen website, you know, buy some products there. Like I said, they're great in terms of protein and taste, and use that code TCA20 at checkout. I already sent it to my friends. They're like, Nick, 
you, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to win, you, you know, wink, wink. I'm like, I'm not giving you any, any, any special perks. You, you win it fair and square. So definitely check that out. It again is go to liveowen.com forward slash Justin Fields forward slash Jersey cleats footballs all free. Definitely go check it out. All right, Mason, we are going to now move on to this second portion of the podcast. Talk about this Bears defense. And like the offense, there are some questions that I have, um, bigger picture, about this uh, Bears defense as we kind of look into this Week 17 matchup against the New York Giants. And the first one that kind of comes up for me revolves around Eddie Jackson. So in yesterday's press conference, he talked a lot about that nickel corner position and really – how much he has grown to like it over, you know, these past couple of weeks. And he's playing more and more in that role there, um, Mason. He actually, so they first started, he's, he's been playing it all season, but he pointed out to the week five game against the Las Vegas Raiders to shut down Darren Waller is when the Bears really started to implement it. And they actually went away from it. And Jackson had to go up to Sean Desai and say, what up? I, I like playing, I like playing nickel. So, they, they started getting back into it, especially as of late. But, Mason, this idea that that Eddie Jackson be playing close to the line of scrimmage, he said you're, you get a lot more action as a nickel corner because offenses can scheme away from safeties, and they definitely can. And just or Eddie Jackson has seen less targets this season as opposed to other seasons. Yes, he's played less games, but Eddie Jackson, nickel corner maybe it's not a permanent position but what what do you what are you kind of thinking what's what's going through your mind as, as you process that so it's funny because i you tweeted that out and i read that and the very first thing i thought was man that's an expensive nickel corner like, <laughs> yep. it's like i get it i get what he's saying um because like the rams do that right with with jalen ramsey he's not even really playing corner traditional corner anymore they kind of just have him floating around and being an athlete, like a playmaker. And that's fine. But at least so far, especially because you know, he had, when he said that I went back and I looked at some of the plays from the Raiders game and everything. I don't think I then saw him used in that manner. Like it was like, you're being, he still was being used mm-hmm. as a traditional slot corner, which you don't pay that much for. And no offense, Eddie, you're too good for that. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, it's, it's like when you're playing pickup football and you got that one person who like the, the guy wants to play quarterback and you're like, dude, like, I'm sorry. I need you to play receiver. Like you need to get out there and catch the ball. Like you can't <laughs> just be, because you're not that good of a quarterback, but also you're too good at catching the ball to be playing quarterback. Like that's the kind of the situation where if Desai could use him as a, the way that the Rams do Ramsey or even how the uh, chiefs uh, let the honey badger kind of do his thing. I'd be way more about it. Like let him just kind of roam match up with who he needs to match up with all that stuff plus his tackling is kind of funky for a slot corner that's a lot of run support that you need from your slot corner and we know eddie jackson doesn't necessarily love the tackling it, so there hasn't been enough results from it for me to be like yeah let's do that and again you're paying a lot for for that no it's, it, that's crazy yeah it's it's very true mason and so um when I looked at it uh, and the tackling was the first thing that I kind of was like, all right. And I know like I even saw in the comments here, um, who was it? Pusha T said, um, you know, tackling for Eddie Jackson. So the one thing I looked up as according to pro football focus, however, 
you you kind of look at them, their stats and things like that. Um, since week eight, Eddie Jackson has one missed tackle. And that's great. You know, that's great for, for you know for him, especially considering how this start of the season went for him. He was being criticized heavily on his tackling, his his, his willingness to tackle. But I think he has done a better job at that, to be completely honest. And he's played more in that slot role these last three weeks. And again, just that one missed tackle um, in over 225 snaps, I I believe, something around there. So I think he he has recognized that, you know, that is an area of the game that he had to improve. And he he looked to improve it. But I just think if this is going to give Eddie Jackson more opportunities to create plays, and that's what he said, like, being in that role could give him that man. I, that's, that's what we've been missing from Eddie Jackson for the last couple of years. Cause he had, I think he, in this first two years in the league, 12 total turnovers, um, eight interceptions, four fumble recoveries. I and if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he's had an interception since if I'm, if I'm maybe, yeah, no, I don't think he has in the last three years. So it's been, and it's been like we've that's been missing from him and what he was paid to to be. I don't think he hasn't made those splash plays. So if it gives him an opportunity to maybe make those things happen, I, you know, I think the Bears will do it sparingly. Like, I don't think he's just your nickel corner because in that like you you went back and watched the week five game. So did I against the Raiders. It's yeah, like you said, he wasn't just playing that role. He would then drop back right at the post snap be as a traditional safety he'd maybe come up be more in the line of scrimmage like it was versatility and i think that's what he could add to you know for sean Desai's defense or whoever is a defensive coordinator after this season's done and over with but it is an interesting thought and if eddie jackson feels like he can play it you gotta see how you can go back to unlocking that ability because it's i think it's still there and obviously we just haven't seen it in quite a while but I think, and you know what? I think you, he also mentioned like it gets like a DHC, a Dion Bush, those kind of guys out there. And like DeAndre Houston Carson showed us some things this season, Mason, before he, uh, what was it, broke his forearm broke his or arm, whatever the yeah. injury was. Yeah. So if you can get him out there, and well, then you got to also figure out, um, you know, Sean Gibson's only here signed for this year. It, there, again, question marks. That, that was one of them that I wanted to address on this defense. Uh, another one, just kind of looking at this unit as a whole. Um, obviously like Jalen Johnson's back this week. We're still that the other cornerback spot right now, are the bears going to implement and they probably will the same strategy that they did in the Seahawks game, where it's just a revolving door of Thomas Graham jr. One series already burns one series and so on and so forth. Mason. Now, if you were head coach, you're now the head coach of the bears and or actually you're, maybe you're the defensive coordinator because they probably have a little bit more say in this. What are you doing at that corner spot? You have a you have your rookie Thomas Graham Jr. You have Artie Burns, who hasn't really shown much this season until later. What are you doing at that that opposite corner spot of Jalen Johnson? So what I'm going to do is I might rotate them just like they've been doing, but it, but Graham really isn't going to leave the field. If anything, I'm going to have Graham outside, and if he's not outside, I want to see what he can do potentially in the slot too. Right. Like, and then all of a sudden, yeah, whoever already burns Kendall Bildor, they can be the one that takes that outside position. Now, because at the end of the day, some combination of those three players is still going to be on the Bears 
well, at the end, you're not gonna you're not gonna like let both Artie Burns and Kendall Vildor go next year. One of them is gonna be still at least will be here. You're gonna bring in more competition, so you still need to really hope for some growth, and you still out of one of those two. Maybe Vildor, since he's the younger of, of the two between him and Burns, right? So I'm okay with them rotating it. I just wish that they gave a little more emphasis to Graham because that's what I would do. Because he showed it, because this is one of the things that really bugged me about it too was he talked about how his confidence was an issue after sitting out for a year. Like he just literally didn't play the game, didn't have a ton of confidence. And then they cut him. And I'm sure that was great for his confidence. <laughs> and they brought him back. <laughs> and then he goes out and balls in that Vikings game. And then they reward him by being out, but you're not going to start. And I'm sure before the game, right, they were like, hey, you know, whatever they call him, Thomas, Tommy G, TG, I don't know. Uh, you're you're not going to start, but you're going to rotate in. Like, you feel you're fine with that, but you're not, you don't, I mean, when if you've ever played a sport and you've had that kind of conversation with a coach, you're like, I mean, thanks, I guess. You're not, you're not pumped about that. But then what did he do? Then the very first time he really gets put on an island, <laughs> he gets burned for a touchdown. And then he settled down and played really well the rest of the game. But basically just as a whole, like, I just feel like they're handling that situation really funkily. And that's just not how we do it at all. And we talked about that even with the Tev, uh, Larry Borum situation. Like, why the heck is he not starting? That that was crazy. Because you need Jermaine Effetti to uh, have his revenge game against the Seahawks and yell at Tevin Jenkins some more. Great. Let's do that. He was a captain, Mason. He had to play him. No. Uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been interesting how they have handled, especially because it's a they're, the Bears are not going to the playoffs. They're, they're not. So it's when that's happening, it's like, can't you look to develop some of these younger guys that you would like to see more of in this game? So, or, it, you know, in this last two games and then for, for going into next season. But the Bears have other things on their mind and like to go, you know, their own ways in terms of developing players. And that's always been a question mark here in Chicago, like the development of certain players and how there's lack thereof. And maybe this is also part of the reason why. Here's a question. Name five players that the Bears have developed. Yeah, I knew this question was coming up. Um, five players that the Bears have developed. Um, could we... Could we could we put Eddie Goldman in there? Like being 2015 second round draft pick, and where he's at now. I mean, I don't you're, know. Right now, he, like I'm thinking of this like you're Ryan Pace, and you're saying like, here are the five players that prove that I'm a good GM because they've been developed. <laughs> are you putting Eddie Goldman on your resume right now, with his the year he's been having and how last year went and how he sat out with COVID and then didn't get vaccinated and then that that that, that. if he if you want him in your top five you can do that i'm just well maybe i'm just struggling to think of like so roquan so roquan smith is not okay. he's developing to a what came in as a rookie is a great line but to one of the best so sure. definitely he's on your list yeah, number one he he's on your list um <laughs> then you got to go to the lower i mean obviously well eddie jackson was there now he's kind of regressed you can't Tariq cohen hasn't played does Dar- Darnell Mooney could be a thousand yard receiver? He's had some drops though, so it gets very, it gets really. I, I don't know, like I don't even know what the right word is with with um what I'm trying to like iffy, I guess, and it's a terrible word, but yeah. like there's questions as to who is actually developing. So okay, Tristan put in some names here. 
And so I'm, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't say Montgomery, to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I mean, I think he just he's he is who I thought he would be. But yeah, I don't. Um, I think that's just who he's been. I think you're right. Like he, yeah. this is the kind of person, the kind of player. Not that he hasn't gotten better, but like I think he would have gotten better almost regardless of the team you Re- put him on. It wasn't the Bears that did it. It's just, and even Roquan Smith. I think that's the same thing. True, it's, true. Those so, are just two kind of players that you you put them on the Jaguar. Sorry if there's anyone that has like a Jaguars fan in their life, but like <laughs> they're still going to do do well. Um, looking at Tristan's list, Cody Whitehair. He's solid. He's okay. James Daniels, I, I think, depending on what he's asking, I'm going to pay him, I think. But am I sure? I mean, like, I'm not paying him top five guard money. I can't, I'm not doing that. Uh, Jalen Johnson, it's been a year. He's, he's he's really good right now. He's solid, but it's only been a year. That's that's the yeah, thing. It's just Carson. Like, Houston yeah, Carson's the guy that Deion Bush. <laughs> I guess those are the guys. <laughs> this thing, the See, people yeah. that you drafted three, four years ago aren't aren't it right now. And so, like, like you were like you were saying, the development is a question. And that's I, you know, we'll see if that improves with this new, uh, what we expect to see as a new re- regime. Uh, how far that goes, whether it goes to the GM and head coach, and then. All the revolving other pieces, we'll, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, question marks that have kind of kept this team from being, what, 500 the last two years and now a losing record right now. But that's all, all questions that we're definitely going to get to in the offseason. And we're still here talking about Bears-Giants, sort of. Oh, so, yeah, I there's Mason, a there's a game. There's a game. Um, You know what? Uh, We'll kind of just get into, you know, our X, X factors for this Bears-Giants game because I think we're – we're already thinking bigger picture of what's going to go on later um, in this season. And fair. It, it definitely is fair. So X Factor, Mason, um, I'll just start off for offense for me. I think it's whichever team can stay out of third and long. Watching that Giants-Eagles game was so reminiscent of what I saw in the first half of the Bears-Seahawks game where it seemed like every time the Bears were facing a third down um, – it was third and eight, third and 19, third and 20. It's like you are way behind the chains that we know you're not going to convert. And actually the Bears, I think, ended up maybe just either at 50% or a little less than that because they definitely picked it up and actually picked up some of those third and long situations. But X-Factor on offense, yeah, so they, they actually did a decent job of it. But still, you don't want to be in those situations if you in the first place. So whichever offense can really – just stay away from third and long and it's going to happen at some point. But if you could do that less often throughout the entirety of the game, I think you're definitely going to be in a better position to not only stay on the field, but potentially produce points, which has been a real struggle for the giants and the bears. Mason, do you have an X factor on defense or another one on offense? I'll just go defense. So one of the, just because I want it to happen, and also because it is important, we've talked about this time and time again, the only reason this defense really works is if they can create pressure with four, at most, five guys, but preferably four. And whether that's QB hits or even sacks, I'm looking at you, Robert Quinn, looking to break Richard Dent's record, um, that's going to be imperative for this team. Uh, we're assuming Mike Glennon is going to play. The only reason I would think you see Fromm in there is if Glennon just gets just absolutely destroyed or even hurt. Um, and 
a lot of you know people in the chat can remember what happens when Mike Lennon gets pressure put on him. Uh, I don't imagine you've watched a lot of Mike, Mike Lennon over the last couple of years, but it hasn't changed. It's the same thing. He is uh, just as statuesque, if not more so, than Nick Foles is. Uh, he doesn't process very well, and he will give up the ball. So at the end of the day, it just, again, boils down to how well the Bears can generate pressure with only rushing four. And that could even, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to hate that I say this, creative, where one of the linemen don't necessarily rush, they drop back and you bring Roquan Smith. Now, I don't want to see Blal Nichols in coverage, you know, having to cover a running back out of the backfield, but, but hopefully Desai can be a little creative with that pressure. And yeah, we'll see, because he's also, Sean Desai, like, there's no guarantee that Desai is back next season. Especially if there's a new head coach, I think you need to show what you're capable of, how creative you can be with the players that you have, when you're limited or not. It'd be a great opportunity for Sean Decide to continue to flex those creative muscles. Um, Mesa, we'll get into our backbreaking matchup now. I have, I, I guess I put myself as defense for this one. Um, backbreaking matchup. I have whether it's Eddie Jackson or Duke Shelley who maybe playing that slot corner role because Duke Shelley did, uh, he was a full participant in practice today. I have them against Kadarius Tony, a guy that only has 420 yards on the season. 234 have come after the catch, very twitchy athlete. Uh, I remember watching him at the senior bowl, just being able to just move and break. Like not a lot of athletes can. So is this going to be an opportunity where, Hey, maybe Eddie Jackson can show, that tackling ability that it's continued to improve or will it regress to early on what he showed this season? I don't think Darius Tony doesn't have a touchdown this season. Let's kind of keep it that way for at least this week 17 matchup between the bears and giants, but that's going to be the, the backbreaking matchup here. If he's able to get going, I can create some, uh, maybe I won't say create potentially create some opportunities for this giants offense. But like I said, this has been a unit, with Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm, whoever you put back there, even Daniel Jones, like it hasn't been able to be very efficient, but that could definitely help if Kadarius Tony gets going. Uh, Mason, do you have a backbreaker for the offense? Uh, this Giants defense isn't that good. Just like, I mean, the, the whole team isn't that great. Uh, outside of a couple key players. I mean, we didn't obviously mention, you know, Saquad, Barkley, there or anything like that, but I mean, he's been injured and, and all that stuff. But anyway, the, the defense isn't great. There are a couple of good players though. One of which is Leonard Williams right in the middle there. Um, he is still really solid. He still can be disruptive. And we know that at times the bears interior, just they either allow pressure or they make some mental mistakes. Now we haven't seen some of the, funky funkiness in the last couple of weeks that I can recall. Like you, I don't think last week or the week before there was one of those uh, illegal men downfield that the bears were doing literally once a week for a while there. Um, but when you have someone that can be as dominant as a Leonard Williams, that can create mental errors, right? If he does get any pressure directly up the middle and let's just say for the sake of argument that we have either Andy Dalton or Nick full starting, that's going to be, that's a little rough just because they're not the most lethal foot. Andy Dalton is obviously way more, athletic than people give him credit for, but Nick Foles is not. So that could definitely <laughs> be a matchup that could be detrimental if it is not handled. I like that. That's, that's a good one there. Um, you know, it's, it's like, obviously we talk about Nick Foles. 
on a football field not athletic, but I forget that he played basketball. Like I can't even really picture Nick Foles basketball a hooper. Like you know, being able to move and you know create your own shot. I, well, I, I really don't even know. Like I haven't seen footage of Nick Foles playing basketball, but I know there have been like videos that have circulated from time to time. But that is weird to think that at one point, or maybe still got it, which again is weird. I was going to say, I mean, I could list, like, look, Nikola Vujicic, as much as I'm loving how he's playing right now, is not exactly the most athletic person in the world. He's just really tall and can shoot the basketball well. He's not, like, exactly going to win any foot races. No, no, absolutely not. Man, the Bulls have been so, like, like you said, you've been able to watch a couple of games. Uh, I've been watching it here and there. So much fun to watch. It's like the Bulls are back and haven't been to the UC yet to watch a game. And with everything going on, I don't know when that's going to happen, but. I would like to. I would definitely like to watch, uh, you know, the Bulls. Maybe do a Bulls podcast. Ready, Mason? We're gonna cop off of this and jump on the back. Do a Bulls yeah, one just, right afterwards. Just do it right. Yep, right afterwards. Um, all right, let's do quickly. Who has the edge? Kind of rapid fire. Uh, man, I haven't switched these up in forever, so I'll mm-hmm. just do it on the fly here. Um, I have the Bears rushing offense versus the Giants rushing defense. I'll take the Bears rushing offense. Um, you mentioned one of the key guys, Leonard Williams, there. Um, who can be disruptive for sure. But I think David Montgomery is looking to kind of end this season on a high note for himself. And so is Cleo Herbert if he does get his opportunities. Um, I asked him today, uh, David Montgomery, if he received his angry run scepter. And he said he did. And he's like, well, since I got it, I just need to keep on running angry so I can win it again. I'm like, all right, you you do that. We'll, we'll continue to see you take, take people's souls away as you truck them over. So I'll give it to the Bears rushing attack on this one and then mason you have the bears passing offense versus giants passing defense so the the giants passing defense isn't great uh the opponent's pass yards per passing yards per game is sorry yards per pass is 6.4 which ranks number 10 uh their opponent's passes per game 37.1 which is 27 and so people are just throwing it constantly on them opponent's passing yards per game is 238.5 at number 18 so they're, they're in the middle of the pack for a lot of this. And because of that, and actually I do like Dory Jackson, right, and uh, Bradbury, they're two corners. They've given the Bears troubles before. Um, mm-hmm. They're solid corners for actually for the most part. So when you combine those two and when you look at the Bears passing attack, which tends to be pretty anemic on a good day, it, it's not a big gap, but it's enough of one that I would give it to the Giants passing defense. It makes sense, Mason. I like that. Um, yeah, Bradbury's been a guy like with Allen Robinson who's given him some trouble. Yeah. Um, just you know, dating back to last year and when they've kind of played each other. So I, I definitely see where you're going with that one. I have the Bears rushing defense versus the Giants rushing offense. And you know, the Bears did give up, you know, uh hundred over a hundred yards to Penny last last week in the snow at in Seattle. I don't think that quite happens here at Soldier Field. I think the Bears will kind of mitigate what Barkley and I'm you know blanking on the the leading rusher for the for the Giants here right now um but I think they're they can do and you know I've yep there you go so I I think the Bears can can handle I really like how Alec Ogletree is is just playing right now he's he seems to be everywhere 44 and 58 are you know kind of what we saw early on from like a Danny Trevathan when he was playing, you know, well, being sideline to sideline alongside Roquan Smith. But I like the, you know, the, the the linebackers for the Bears and how they'll kind of contain this run and 
really, I think the Giants are just pretty one-dimensional. If they don't get their rushing attack going, it really limits what they can do creatively. So I'm also just going to give this to the Bears on this one, the Bears rushing defense. And now, Mason, you have the Bears passing attack versus the Giants passing defense. Oh, Bears passing defense. Wrong way. Wrong way. You already answered that one. We already know where you're going. Bears passing defense, Giants passing offense. I refuse to ever select the side of Mike Lennon. So, therefore, (laughs) I'm going with the Bears passing defense. Uh, To be fair, they've also been better. They really have been. I mean, you begin against Captain Kirk on a, a, you know, night game. So, that helps them. And then whatever's going on with Seattle, uh, we talked about that in that pregame show. Their offense is broken, not doing very well. Uh, but after that, uh, the DK Metcalf long touchdown, they definitely settled down. Uh, part of that being, I think, because I think Graham actually got in the game and was able to do stuff consistently and letting Eddie Jackson do his thing of roaming around. Whether or not that's a good thing or not, we could be at the beginning. Uh, but at the end, again, the answer is Mike Lennon. So no, absolutely not. No, yeah, they were missing so many, whether it was Glennon or Fromm, missing just so many wide-open passes that it, it, it was astonishing. But um, we'll see what ends up happening on Sunday against the Bears, but I completely, I completely agree with you on that one. But, Mason, I'll send it over to you, um, your segment, and we'll kind of go from there. And, all right, so this week's segment is called Baron down or New York state of mind. So basically I'm going to give Nick a bears player and a giants player. And just off the cuff, he's going to tell me who he would select each week. We kind of change the parameters of what he's going to do. So for this week, Nick is the new GM of the bears. He has, for whatever reason, I don't know why this happened, but he's got both these players sitting there saying, (laughs) you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to be on this team. And he has to select, all right, who am I going to give the contract to? We're going to go from there. Kind of the rebuilding thought process. Again, injuries do not matter at this point in time, but you can take injury history into account if you want to, Nick, since you are building a roster. All right. So on offense, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. Uh, I'll, I'll take Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney, Kadarius Tony. That's that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Darnell Mooney. Demir Bird, Sterling Shepard. Man, uh, Demir Bird is—he's been making some plays as well. I'll go Bird. <laughs> Dave Montgomery or Saquad Barkley? Ooh, Saquad—that's uh, not who I'm picking. I'm going with Dave Montgomery on this one. Uh, Cole Komet or Evan Ingram? All right, this is like super homerish right now. I'm, I've only picked all Bears. Uh, Evan, man, I—I'm waiting for Evan Ingram to have that season to where he can show his potential. He never has, and I think Cole Komet quietly has had an okay season for the Bears, despite everything going on. I'm going to go Cole Komet. Okay, uh, Tevin Jenkins, Andrew Thomas. Uh, okay, so now I'm just really on the like, – yeah, I'm the Bears GM, apparently. Yeah, so uh, I'm going Tevin Jenkins. Sam Mustafer, Billy Price. I'll take Billy Price. James Daniels, Will Hernandez. I really like well Will so I've always liked Will Hernandez because he talked about wanting a wanting a bidet early on in the draft <laughs> process. I'm like, that's my guy right there. But so is James Daniels. Um that's a tough one. I'll go James Daniels though. Cody Whitehair or Will Hernandez. 
now I'll go Will Hernandez. Larry Bora, Nate Solder. <laughs> um, well, Nate Solder has not been the same. Like, not been the same. Um, I'll go Solder. Justin Fields, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Justin Fields. The and just like my own little soapbox here for all the the Cole Komet hate. It's insane, I think, and I think you and I are does think agree with this, Nick. Like the truth lies somewhere in the middle, where yep. no, he 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 needs to be better than what he's been at times. He needs to catch some balls that he drops. Some of his routes need to be crisper, things of that nature. But he's like, isn't he like a second leading receiver right now on the Bears? I think if you look mm-hmm. at the yardage, he's yep. making some tough catches. He's doing fine. That the problem is this expectation that specifically Chicago has. I think it's one just because we suck so long that we <laughs> that when you have a second round pick, you want it to be explode right away. And just in general, tight ends take a little longer to, to develop. And we had this love affair with tight ends too, you know, Mike Ditka and all that stuff is bare. Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Like he's doing fine. Give him like some time. No, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey and that's okay. But I mean, I have, and speaking of, I actually had him on my list. I didn't even bring him up. Like a lot of the comparisons have been Kyle Rudolph. Is he really that far off from prime Kyle Rudolph? Like it's not like Kyle Rudolph wasn't, you had to draft him in fantasy every year because he was like the guy like he just was solid that's what he was so why can't Cole Komet be that if he hasn't been that already just just a titch below solid no that's it's a good point and like obviously the Bears have like tried to implement Jimmy Graham into this offense in the red zone it's like when Jimmy Graham's gone well will that be Cole Komet getting those opportunities and he doesn't have any touchdowns on the season but like let's see what he can still do like like I mentioned before on this podcast, his rookie season didn't have an off season like a traditional rookie would, and he's in this season where he's had to play with three different quarterbacks. It's like this offense it's is not... broken. Exactly. So we need to. You can't make any strong bold claim like Cole Komet ain't it. He's a bust right now. Like, no, stop it. <laughs> Just stop. Okay. Um, definitely stuff that we can continue to talk about in the off season. <laughs> but um, go ahead, Mason. <laughs> All right, and then uh, defensive side of the ball. Eddie Goldman, Danny Shelton. That's a good one. And I was talking about Eddie Goldman when I put him on my resume, and I kind of backtracked from that. Uh, (laughs) I'll take Goldman. Akeem Hicks or Leonard Williams? GM right now. You know, Leonard Williams, we kept – that was the one guy that I kept writing down on on my notes was in 99. Um, I'm taking Leonard Williams. Kendall Villalor, James Bradbury. Give me Bradbury. Thomas Graham or Dory Jackson? I'll take a Dory Jackson. Alec Ogletree, Blake Martinez. And I feel like – Obviously, Blake Martinez being. I'll go Ogletree. Alec Ogletree or Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, I like the Lorenzo Carter coming out of Georgia, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Leonard Floyd. Yep, he looked, basically looks very like similar Leonard body Floyd. type. Yeah, he was like a Leonard Floyd. Um, I'll take Carter. And then Eddie Jackson or Jabril Peppers. You know that new nickel position could unlock a whole new. Th- uh, I'll go with I'll go with Eddie Jackson. The only <laughs> one that was a little surprising was the Eddie Goldman, Danny Shelton 
uh, pick there. I thought I, I'm a big Danny Shelton person. I think he's vastly underused wherever he's been. Uh, Cause I think it was, a, yeah. what was he first? Was it Browns first? And then the Patriots. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then like, he just, he was really good with the Patriots and then he went to the giants and just like the lions, the giants are where good players go to die. <laughs> Look at Kenny Galladay. Like I have not really heard of Kenny Galladay at all this season. And yeah, it just, it rains true. All right. So that was a, so that was a little shorter. So actually we have another mini new segment just for today's episode. Uh, we got new year's coming up. So we're going to hand out some bears, new year's resolutions, right? So what would you want to see from this, these different phases or individuals for the coming new year? And we're going to say the new season because the new year is going to be one more game. So who cares? So just as the bears offense as a whole, what is their resolution for next year slash season, Nick? I think they just need to find consistency and whether that is with a, the new play caller or just at the quarterback position, some consistency that will really just impact the, the overall hold of the defense, not just Justin Fields, but you see it out of Cole Komet. You'll see it out of Darnell Mooney, whoever is, that's going to be the other pass catcher. I, I think, you know, Alan Robinson's future is pretty um, set at this point, but the Bears just need to find something, an offense that works for the guys that they have. They don't have a lot of draft assets or, you know, they're kind of in the middle right now in cap situation. So they need to find whoever that next person is that can really work with what the Bears currently have. And then maybe you add fine tune it as you kind of go along. But that's going to be it because we've seen all this season. It's been too sporadic. It's been at the lows of lows, week three against Cleveland. Then you have a half in, in Green Bay where you look like you're a, a, a high-scoring offense. Like, can we – I think we've, you know, for the longest time with this Bears defense, all we wanted was almost average. Can we get average Bears offense? And the Bears haven't been able to get that. And obviously you want to shoot for more than that, but that would definitely be a, a good start. Can we get some consistency – on all facets that can hopefully lead to better success moving forward. And what about for Jalen Johnson? What is his new year's resolution? New year's resolution. I think he, he even talked about in some press conferences, like learning how to play inside a little bit, because he's going to be a guy that I think whoever, if it's Sean Desai, whoever's the next defense corner, you're going to have him traveling, traveling to guard and shadow that best um, offensive player. And his new year's resolution just, continue to learn how to play inside you work in your technique your leverage your just your spacing on the field that's what i think his new year's resolution should be and justin fields what is he looking forward to in the new year uh hopefully getting a, a you know a more confident head coach someone that's going to play to his strengths and also you know continuing to build off of what he has you know learned in his rookie season and what he can and can't do uh, we all know he has right now a little bit of a fumbling issue, holding on to that ball or holding on to uh, or trying to make plays when things are not there. So take what he's gained in terms of like diagnosing a defense, making the right read and going from there. But also, hey, like these people are they know that you have put the ball on the ground. Got to learn to hang on to it. But I think he's really just looking forward to whoever's next to kind of help him get to that next stage of his career. And lastly, the head honcho himself. What is George McCaskey going to have as his New Year's resolution, new season resolution? 
<laughs> I'm trying to think of something witty to say. What is George McCaskey? Um, that he gets it right, honestly. Like, obviously, he, he's, I don't think he's going, he's not going anywhere. Like, they're not going to step down. It does, it's just not going to happen. But New Year's resolutions that once this uh, final game against Minnesota is over with and the Bears, you know, do move on from Matt Nagy, which seems inevitable at this point. He's probably just going to be praying that he brings in the right football guy if they do decide to go that route, but also end up hiring the right head coach because how much more can you take of this, of people just constantly booing your head coaches, not making the playoffs, not being relevant. It's getting – it's it's old. It's already old, but I, I just can't even imagine, like, how many more times can George McCaskey see the Bears get blown out by the Packers? Like, how, how much can you take? But – I think it's just him getting the right, you know, getting that right guy. And maybe it's a bunch of different people to make this organization a competitive one again. I think he changed some lives today, Nick, with those. Good job. And <laughs> the last thing in my section, predictions over under. Got a handful of these for you. So over under, total points scored between the Bears and the Giants, 37 and a half. I'm going over. I think the Ooh. Bears have a chance. It's, it's going to be most of the Bears. And more total yards. This is just a pick 'em. I'm going off off book for this one. Saquon versus Monty. I'll go with David Montgomery. All right. Justin Fields interceptions over under point five. Oh, I you know I I'm gonna go under because I don't even know if Justin Fields is playing this game, which would be unfortunate. Yeah. We'll go under. Uh, and then over under tackles for Roquan Smith ten. I think he's going to be busy in this game. Wait, Mason, I think he's going to be busy. So I'll go over that number. I'll just change this one slightly. Over, under, total rushing yards by the Bears pure quarterback, 25. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes it interesting because I don't see Nick Foles. I, I, don't, I don't even really see Andy Dalton because of the injury. So I'm going to go. But if it's Justin Fields, we can easily be over that. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll – I'll go under, though. I'll go under the 25. And lastly, over under, number of drives that result in points between both teams, seven and a half. Ooh. <laughs> Seems like a lot, considering how bad that Giants offense has looked. We know how bad the off the Bears offense has looked, too. I'll go under seven and a half. For comparison's sake, the uh, Chicago Seahawks game, which again wasn't great, uh, but you know three touchdowns for the Bears, three touchdowns for the Seahawks. That's six, and then they each also had a field goal. So they had that was eight total drives that resulted mm. in points in that game. I'll go. Yep, I'll stay with the under. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and those were the over unders. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mason, for that and for you know the. Um, the segment that you always create different names for, and we don't actually have an official name for that, but you always come up with great names for it, and then also the New Year's one. So thank you for that, and now we'll go into bold predictions for this game. Mason, I know you always have a bunch of these. What are your bold predictions? All right, so bold prediction with an asterisk because this person may not play. <laughs> Justin Fields <laughs> has the highest pass rating in the game. I think it's bold because he might not even play right? Because it's hard to have a highest pass <laughs> yeah. rating if you're not even on the field. Um, that's the, the thing that's odd, right? It's because, so Matt, 
Matt Nagy was directly asked, are you going to shut down Justin for the year or is there any chance of that? And he just said, no, if he's healthy, he's going to play. So the dev that begs the question, what is the definition of healthy? And because no one's healthy right now, that's literally on a football team, like on, a, on the NFL, like no one's healthy. It's just, a, are you injured or are you hurt? Um, with the week that he had off with some of the information that I think I have going on in the background here, I'm think Justin's going to play. That's just my guess. And if he does, he hopefully plays better than Mike Lennon slash Jake Fromm. I think they're going to do some weird two quarterback thing. And my defensive bold prediction is that both Thomas Graham Jr. and Eddie Jackson get a touchdown or sorry, interception, not touchdown, get an interception in this game. I like it. I like it. Okay. We're going bold. You know, last home game of the season. Why yeah, not go, go, bold. go bold or go home? Uh, I have, and then I remember the not so bold one, uh, but for my bold prediction, look, Mason, we've been in that press box before and we always say, and we always hear Alex Barr is, or number 64 is eligible, right? They always hear that. And I've, I think I've always said to you, like, he's going to catch a ball. He's going to catch that. Something's going to happen. This is the game. You guys, Alex Bars is catching a touchdown this game. The Giants actually gave up a receiving touchdown to Lane Johnson, the Eagles' right tackle, last week in that 30, what, 34 to 10 loss to the Eagles. It's happening. It's bound to happen. Every time you hear 64 is eligible, it's going to happen. It's just going to leak out. Everyone's going to forget about him. Alex Bars' touchdown finally happens. And, you know, obviously the Bears have, what was it, Bradley, Bradley Soul, Santa Slay, the whole. Uh, against against the Rams in that Sunday night game, Alex Bars catches the touchdown. Matt Nagy just knowing that this is like his final hoorah, right at Soldier Field. Let's just do it, do do it all, do it big, go bold or go home. So Alex Bars catches the touchdown. And for my not so bold prediction, I think Darnell Mooney goes for a hundred yards receiving this game, and maybe that that is a big number, but I think, like I said earlier, I. I know he said he doesn't have that thousand yards receiving number in mind, but I think he does. <laughs> I think he, I think he's just being, um, you know, nice about it, but that would put him at 40 yards away from reaching a thousand. If he can get a hundred this game, but I think that's my not, that's my not so bold prediction. What about you, Mason? So my not so bold predictions, one, Tevin Jenkins gets two or less penalties all game. Ooh. I think that he he definitely did better. Uh, he settled down in that Seahawks game than he did in the previous one. And I think that's just going to continue. He needs just more reps up. Sorry. Vikings game compared to the previous one in Green Bay. He didn't really play in the Seahawks. He got hurt. Uh, he's been settling down over time. More reps. Mo better. He's going to keep going forward. And then my defensive not so bold prediction. Robert Quinn sets a single season Bears record for sacks this game. I, I like that. And that, that goes with predicting my MVP. I have Robert Quinn. Knowing that he's going to have, you know, a, a Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon as a opposing quarterback, whoever it is, doesn't matter. Like, that should be a nice – You should Robert Quinn should feel really good about going into this game, knowing that he can break this record in this game within the first defensive series when the first passing opportunity comes up. Because if the, the the ball's not getting out quick, <laughs> I think Robert Quinn has a chance. So he's going to be my MVB for this one. Who do you got, Mason? My MVB is Dave Montgomery. Uh, I think they're just going to ride him because I don't think they necessarily want to get into a 
just throw it all over the field. But also, Dave Montgomery leads all running backs in targets and receptions over the last five weeks. So even if they, when they have started to air the ball out, you've seen both Justin and also Nick have started dumping it down to him substantially more. And that just really makes him all the more valuable because for a while it was just run, 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 run. Oh, here's one or two catches. But now he's actually starting to rack them up. That's a really good point. He's definitely been using the the passing game, and it's about time. So we got the MVPs. Game pick, Mason. Um, Bears, Giants, a huge one at Soldier Field. Who do you got winning this game? I have the Bears, 24 to 14. Um, the Giants really have literally nothing to play for. And if anything, there's – because that, that whole thing is weird, right? I mean, Joe Judge is getting – apparently a, a longer leash for some reason. Um, oh, we didn't mention the Devin Hester news. How do we not do that? I know. Um, I know. We'll get back to the video. Thank you, Tristan. Um, um, giving a, a longer leash and no, knowing that the Giants have the Bears pick, like, it wouldn't be that surprising if it's like, all right, no, darn it, we lost to the Bears. Like, no, because that's kind of what they want. They want to be in that top five if they can with that pick so they can make their terrible team not so terrible. Uh, versus the Bears, they literally have nothing to lose, right? It's a bunch of players that clearly still really like, if not love, playing for Matt Nagy. Like, they talk glowingly about him. Uh, they, they have no problem with him as a person, as a coach. You know, they 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 like him as their coach. The problem is he just isn't great at the X's and O's of it. I mean, that's and that's a whole other conversation. And this is a sidebar, but I've said this over and over again. If he gets another chance to be a head coach, I really think he's going to do well. If he learns from this and if he's like, you know what, I'm going to bring in a really good offensive coordinator who's going to do the play calling for me. I had my chance back in Chicago to do it. Didn't go well. I'm just going to lead men. I think he's going to do fine. End of sidebar. So at the end of the day, I just don't see a reason why the Giants are going to be playing their butts off in this situation. And if Justin plays, they have the most talented QB on the field. If Nick Foles plays they have the most talented QB on the field. Uh, like, let's just be real. So I think that's going to make a big difference. I, I completely agree with, with everything you just said, Mason. I have the Bears winning this one 27 to 10. I just don't think the Giants are very good. You know, they're just not a good football team. And their record obviously indicates that. Not that the Bears are much better or anything like that. But the, the Giants are just struggling right now offensively. And the Bears did go to Seattle. And they beat the Seahawks in comeback fashion, right? Twenty-five to twenty-four, and they do, they do like Matt Nagy. They there, there's something about him which resonates with these players, and you know, just to close it off strong, there are players like Allen Robinson who has something to play for. These rookies, these guys that are looking to get opportunities. Darnell Mooney was talking about that in his press conference today. It's like it's not like we're just going out there and just, you know, like not giving all of our effort. We have. We have jobs on the line. Cole Komet actually talked about that too. So I think the Bears didn't go out. Final home game of the 2021 NFL season at Soldier Field. And they'll kind of take care of business here. Um, Mason, I'll, I'll kind of just throw my my confidence in this. Game. I have an eight for the Bears taking care of business. Um, maybe that's too high. But again, it kind of goes into who the Giants are, what they're playing for, and who the Bears are at you know this final um, stretch of the season. What's your confidence in this game? It's funny. I actually said a nine. Uh, besides Saquon Barkley, Lorenzo Carter, Leonard Williams, and then the two corners, Bradbury and Jackson, like 
I just don't think too much of this roster. I think Drew Peppers is a good gadgety defensive guy, which doesn't do very well. You don't, there's a reason you don't see that in the league. Like he came out and there was question marks. That's why in the combine, I mean, he did linebacker drills and he did secondary True. drills because people didn't know where to play him. Um, and he saw that that's why he also got traded. The, the, the line solid. I like Will Hernandez, but the rest of them are like, eh, they're okay. Again, like we said, quarterback is somehow your third string quarterback is better than both the people you potentially have starting in from or in Glennon. Galladay's been absent. Sterling Shepard is out. Uh, their third receiver, who I'm blanking on now. Oh, Canarius Coney is supposed to play. But he's been in and out with like various either COVID or injuries. They're there's just a, it's a mess over there. They, 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 they have nothing that great going for them. And now they're lost because are you really going to give a fifth year option to Daniel Jones? Cause he's been, well, I mean, he falls on his face when he's on a breakaway run for a touchdown, which he's also surprisingly <laughs> fast. Give him some credit there. He's done that like mm-hmm. two or three times now. Um, only fallen once though, that I recall. Um, so it's just, why I don't even know how you could pick the giants in this. I mean, the bears have their problems, but, I mean, they're not the Giants. <laughs> yeah, that's that's they're not the Giants, and that's where I mean that's where we that's why we we pick the game the way it should go. And if it goes opposite of that, well then then we just obviously we know changes come for this Bears organization. But if they a loss to the Giants will just signify, hey, let's let's make this change happen. Like it, it needs you, to happen right away. Could you just see the Bears winning their last three games? Like literally, like that would that's the most bearsy thing. To, the only, the only thing that'd be more bearsy if, if it's actually put them at five hundred, but that they you know <laughs> yeah. have this momentum, three game winning streak, and now all of a sudden like Bears Twitter melts because they're freaking out that Matt Nagy is gonna still be here. Oh, I know, I could see it, I could see it happening, Mason. I mean, it. Well, we'll have to wait and see. They take care of business on Sunday. They'll get the Vikings. No Adam Thielen again, and kind of going ahead of myself here, but I could definitely see it happen. Well, and since we didn't talk about it, what are your thoughts on Devin Hester? Because we just, I blanked on that entirely. I was so focused on this riveting game. No, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it's, he deserves it, right? Being one of the finalists and he's a, we can go on and on about what Devin Hester did to this game and how he changed the position. He didn't even have to touch the ball and he was changing games. So I'm glad that he's a finalist. Hopefully he does obviously get in, but he, he deserves it. His, his play speaks for himself and, yeah, like I, I don't even know how I brushed over that. Like that's that's my guy. That's the you know, we had him on the podcast, which is like surreal to to think about. So yeah, definitely deserved it. What about you? It's one of those things like I hate how Hall of Fames work, specifically baseball and football, I think are the most egregious with these two, where you hear those lines where it's like he's a Hall of Famer. He's just not a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's like, that's the worst way, in my opinion, to start a conversation because the answer is it should be yes or no. And just come saying, are comparing to the people that you are in the conversation with, do you deserve it? Like compared to those people. And at the end of the day, I mean, I think Pusha T just said, great 2006 Hester was the offense that or like some return touchdown or a defensive touchdown by, by the defense. Like if Erlacher or Tillman got, got a touchdown, I, I mean, he, he changed the game, like how it's played. Like people, like returns were cool and everything, but like it became like a new thing after Devin Hester. And we saw all these, you know, the Josh Cribs and, you know, mm-hmm. everyone that came after, like just how much more important that was. 
you know, teams just kicked away from him. coaches got fired because they kicked because they kicked <laughs> to, to Devin Hester. He he literally was the best at what he did. And to say that you're not going to take the person that was the best at what they did and put him in just because like, oh, they only he only touched the ball three or four times a game. Like, who cares? Like, that's ridiculous. That's that's lazy. Like, he, it's it's absurd to think otherwise. Obviously, I'm biased as a Bears fan, but uh, it, it's just old school thinking if you don't put him in this year. I, I again, I, I've agreed with you a lot today, Mason, as, as I usually do. You have some some great, great um, opinions on on the Bears, but that I could not agree with anymore because Devin Hester truly did change the game, gave the position meaning, and now it's lost in this day and age, really, because of just all the rules that are in place. But, you know, I think we can go back and remember, like, hey, there was this guy named Devin Hester. Whew, was he fun to watch. But I think that's a great way to end this this show here, Mason, because we, we had to we had to talk about Bears Giants, but we also had to talk about Devin Hester. I think, you know, that kind of uh, puts a, a really good end to our final preview show of the at Soldier Field for this last home game, Bears Giants. Um, for everybody, thank you for tuning in on the live chat who will listen to this on the way to work or during your workout, whatever. We really appreciate you. Um, you know, obviously um, we're having the new year coming up. It's already December 30th, which is nuts. So everyone have a happy new year and, you know, stay safe out there. But you'll hear from us after the conclusion of this Bears Giants game. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.